Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church, Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoy. All right, this morning, let's continue pressing into his glory to experience his goodness. I have been on this series for, uh, for a while now, pressing into his glory to experience his goodness. To, to, this morning is part 11. It's part 11. All right, let's go to the Bible in First uh, John chapter 4, verse 17. I do have some powerful stuff to, to share with us this morning. First John chapter 4, verse 17. We have been talking about this. Glory is our destination. Glory is where we are. We were born again and brought into glory. The Bible says we are called into the eternal glory of God. It's our calling destination. And we want to understand a few mysteries of that glory this morning. As we press in, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us. In this, love has been perfected among us. In this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we. In this world. Let's say it together. As he is. So are we. In this world. As he is. So am I. In this world. As he is. So am I. In this world. And we've been trying to understand. What that means. As he is. And we've asked the question. Three weeks ago. How is he? Because if you don't understand how he is, you can never understand how you are. As he is, so am I. But how is he? Uh, uh, it's amazing that the, the, the body of Christ has not really dwelt much on this. But it's clear in scripture that as he is, so are we. So are we. And a lot of people don't know how is he. So if you don't know how he is, how are you going to know how you are? And if you don't know how you are, how are you going to manifest the possibilities and the capacities and the privileges and the blessings that are yours because of who you are? If you don't know it, you don't know it. You cannot activate what you don't know. You cannot enjoy what you don't know. In our, in our kingdom, knowledge is everything. Knowledge is everything. You are, you are able to win over the devil by knowledge. You are able to win over the, the wiles and the caprices of the enemy by, by knowledge. The Bible says, it says, it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. 
So I, my people thrive because of knowledge. My people dominate because of knowledge. My people do well because of knowledge. And, and so everywhere there is, there is perishing, everywhere there is suffering, there is languishing, something is lacking. There's some knowledge you don't have. If, you are, if there is perishing in your marriage, meaning that there is some rottenness and, and some uh, unhappiness in your marriage, there is something both you and your spouse do not know. The moment you know it, you take care of the, of the perishing. The perishing will go and flourishing will come. So it's either you're flourishing or you're perishing. God wants you to flourish. I said God wants you to flourish. God wants your marriage to flourish. Can I get an amen? amen? God wants your finances to flourish. God wants your children to flourish. God wants your life, your health to flourish. So wherever there is no flourishing, there is perishing. And where there is perishing is because there is ignorance. So, so knowledge is what we need to flourish. Somebody say, open my eyes, Lord. So what I do not know, teach me, Lord. Come on, what I do not know, teach me, Lord. Cause my heart to come into understanding so that I can know what I need to know to flourish. It's a choice to flourish. But can I also say to you, it's a choice to perish. You don't have to perish. Nothing around you has to perish. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Nothing around you has to perish. Your, your talent do not have to perish. Your, your gifts do not have to perish. No, no, your joy does not have to perish. Your health and your body does not have to perish. Nothing around you is allowed to perish. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that what? Come on, come on. That what? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not, shall not. God doesn't want anything to perish around you. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus so you can flourish. He said, I came that you may have life. That you can have it more. That's flourishing. Somebody said, that's flourishing. That's for me. That's flourishing. That's for me. God wants me to flourish. God wants, <coughs> God wants me to flourish. He wants my finances to flourish. He wants my joy to flourish. He wants my home to flourish. He wants everything about me to flourish. That's why he sent Jesus. So, so if you don't know what you need to know, then the enemy will rob you and things will perish, not because Jesus has not paid for them, but because you are ignorant. God has delivered you from ignorance. I said, God has delivered you from ignorance. See, see, ignorance is so bad that God set in the church a ministry office called the, the teaching office so that people can be taught what needs to be learned and understood so they don't perish. That's how important knowledge is that God gave the gift of man to teach so that, because the only antidote to ignorance is what? Revelation. Light. 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 So that when you have light, instantly you are liberated. Amen. This is the thing that the Bible said, you shall know the truth. And the truth will... It didn't say Jesus will set you free. The truth, you know. <laughs> so, so, so the truth you know is what brings... Jesus to act. 
But it's the truth you know, not the truth that's in the Bible. It's the truth you know. So, so you can carry the Bible for 300 years and not know the truth. You, you, you can carry the Bible for, for millions of, 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 of months and not know the truth. So it's important that we know what the truth is. Because it's the truth you know that sets you free. And the moment you are free, you are free. Hallelujah. The moment you are free is what? You are free. Whosoever the son sets free is free indeed. Completely free. And you're free that the devil can't hold you back anymore. The devil can't stop you. Somebody scream, I'm free. Somebody scream, I am free. In the mighty name of Jesus. You have been called to liberty. I must enjoy that freedom. I, come on, somebody declare, I must enjoy that freedom. I must enjoy it in this land of the living. Ah, scripture says, scripture says, I, am, I have believed <laughs> that I will experience I will see, I will testify of the goodness of God in every area of my life in the land of the living. My finances will testify. My marriage will testify. My body will testify. My mind will testify. My children will testify. Everything about me will testify of the goodness of God in the land of the living. And what is bringing me to that place of testimony? The light. So today light is about to come to you. Amen. I said light is about to come to you. And you need to pay attention and grab it and grab it. Nobody can grab it for you. Mm. Yeah, the the thing about the work we have with God is that everybody must paddle their own boat. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You got to work out your own salvation. Your own salvation. Not the salvation of your mother. Not the salvation of of your spouse. Your own salvation. So, so it's a, 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 an intensely personal engagement with God. It's what? Intensely personal engagement with Almighty God. So, so it's you and your God. You and your God drawing, drawing what you need from Him to enjoy what He has in mind for you. Drawing what you need from Him to enjoy what He has in mind for you. So He has a lot of good things in mind for you. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil. But, but the, the, that he has plans doesn't mean you will enjoy it. So it's now when you engage with him on a personal level to say, Lord, show me what I need to know. Or help me to grab, grab what I need to know. <laughs> the Bible says in John chapter 17 verse 3, he said, this is eternal life. That they may know him. That they may know you. The only true God. And Jesus, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. That eternal life we read in John 3.16. He said, this is eternal life that they may know you. So it is the, the knowledge. And the knowing there is, is intercourse. is deep, intimate. It's not head knowledge. It's deep, intimate knowledge. So, so this morning, as I want to bring some truth to you, you want to pray for intercourse. You want to pray for personal engagement. That that word engages with your spirit. Hallelujah. That that word does what? Engages your spirit. See, when a word comes through, the Bible said it only profits those who receive that word with faith. It doesn't profit everybody. You can hear things and it will fly over your head. Only those that receive the engrafted word with meekness, 
and the word mixes with faith in their heart as they receive it, then that, that mixture and that hold, getting a hold of is what draws that word and begin to produce results. I declare that what you're hearing today is going to produce results for you. I say what you're hearing today is going to produce results for you. It's going to open doors for you. It's going to set you free. It's going to bring liberty. It's going to bring blessings. It's going to bring unexpected, unexpected. Somebody say unexpected miracles. Somebody say unexpected miracles. Unexpected miracles. Unexpected miracles. Unexpected miracles. In the name of Jesus. Unexpected miracles. Hallelujah. Unexpected. All right. So. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so am I in this world. Uh, the one who is, has existence as a spirit, has existence, a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. That's the one who is. And Bible says, as he is, so am I. So as his spirit is, so is my spirit. Are you still here? As his, as his mind is, so is my mind. Please pay attention. As his body is, so is my body. Because as he is, spirit, soul, and body, so am I, spirit, soul, and body. So, so he has a spirit that was raised from the dead. The Bible says, I also have a spirit that was recreated, raised from the dead. We were, we were all born insane and born dead. But when I gave my life to Christ, I was born again. I was recreated. So I came back to life. So I'm no longer dead. Somebody said I'm no longer dead. No, no. I was dead before, but now I'm alive. My spirit came alive when I received Jesus. And I received a recreated spirit. A recreated spirit. A resurrected spirit. And that spirit has a soul. That spirit has a soul. And then it lives in a body. And the way it is with him is the way it is with me. And we are learning how it is with him so that we can understand how it is with us. And because when you, you, become, you become aware of how it is with you, then you can activate the privileges of what you become aware of. And then you can enjoy it. Amen. All right. We want to press into something this morning. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh-huh. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. This, this, this boss is, is, is on high speed. Second Corinthians chapter 5. We read at verse 1. We're going to read from verse 1 to 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. For we know, somebody say we know. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. For we know, somebody say we know, that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have. Somebody say we have. we have. Not we will have. Not we will have. We have. 
A building from God. Alright. A house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens. Alright, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Please put the scripture, keep it on the screen. Now, now, now I want you to see this. He's talking about a house. Okay. How many houses are being talked about here? Huh? How many houses are being talked about here? Two houses. Can you see it? Can you see it? There are two houses being talked about here. There's an earthly house and there is a heavenly house. Shakayabaka. There are two houses. Somebody say, I have two houses. Somebody say, I have two houses. He said, we know that if our earthly house is destroyed, we have a building from God. So there is an earthly house and there is a building in heaven. So an earthly house, a heavenly house. And we have both simultaneously. Are you here? Are you, are you following the word of God? We know that if our earthly house, this tent, if it is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands. Meaning, it's a spiritual house. But a house, nevertheless. Let me ask you a question. What are the benefits of having a house? When you are in a house, you are protected. Yeah? The, the, the house covers you. The house gives you shelter. You, you are not, you know, beaten by the sun. You're not beaten by the storm. You're not beaten by the rain. You're not, you know, attacked by wild animals. When you are in the house, you are safe. There's a sense of safety you feel when you are in the house. And this, there are two houses. An earthly house and a heavenly house. We have both now. These two houses are being contrasted in this scripture. The one that is in heaven, the Bible says it is eternal. It is what? It is what? What does eternal mean? Eternal means it's timeless. It means that it's beyond time. It means that it's everlasting. It means that it does not, it does not uh, expire. It means that it's permanent. Eternal means that it cannot come to an end. But the one that is in the earth, can you see? The one that is in the earth is not eternal. It can be destroyed. So it's not eternal. So I have an earthly one. I have an eternal one. So which one is more valuable? Oh, come on, somebody. Which one is more valuable? The eternal one. I have both right now. I have both the eternal house and the earthly house. If the eternal house is more valuable, where should my attention be? Come on, somebody. Where should my attention be? The eternal one. 
Now, hold on, hold on. He says, we have an earthly house that is possible to be destroyed. And we have an eternal one that cannot be destroyed. Okay? So, if the eternal one is more precious than the earthly one, means that I should pay more attention about staying in the eternal one and activating the eternal one that cannot be destroyed. Oh, are you here with me? I need you to pay attention, please. I need, you, you must get this revelation today. That if I connect with the eternal one that cannot be destroyed, there is an earthly one that can be destroyed. And I am dwelling in both at the same time. We have both. So, I should pay more attention to the eternal one that cannot be destroyed. Okay, so, there's an earthly one that can be destroyed. There's an eternal one that cannot be destroyed. If I take the one that can be destroyed, please hear me, if I take the one that can be destroyed and put it under the one that cannot be destroyed, what happens to the one that can be destroyed? Ah, can you, can you think with me? There are two houses. One is subject to be destroyed or can be destroyed. There's one that cannot be destroyed. If I take the one that can be destroyed and put it inside the one that cannot be destroyed, what happens to the one that can be destroyed? He receives the covering of the one that cannot be destroyed. Therefore, <laughs> it acquires the qualities of the one that cannot be destroyed. Yeah? Are you here? Are you here? Now, now, this truth has been in the Bible. It didn't, it didn't just come out today. How come we haven't been taught how to pay attention to the one that cannot be destroyed since we have both houses so that we can draw the, the, the properties and the blessings of the one that cannot be destroyed. Remember that the purpose of a house is to protect you. But the purpose of a house is to keep you safe. The purpose of a house also is for you to enjoy what is in the house. Amen. And you know that house is not house. Eh? Are you still with me? House is not house. All houses are not the same. There are houses and there are houses. <laughs> uh -huh. Some houses have certain things in, you know, built into them that the quality of experience in the one house is different from the quality of experience in another house. Hey, are you here? A house, a house that is valued at a hundred million rands cannot give you the same experience as a house that is a thousand rand. Even a, a shark is a house. Are you here? A shark is a house. But it's not the same as a house that is 100 million rand. So, let's, let's keep going. I'm going somewhere this morning. Verse 2. For in this we grow. In this we what? We grow. We what is groaning? What is groaning? A groan is a, a cry that comes from a struggle. 
that comes from some kind of pain. Hallelujah. You groan. You groan. You don't, you don't groan uh, uh, in joy. No. Groaning suggests that there is a, a conflict. There is a pressing. There is, there is uh, a pushing. That's why you groan. He says, in this we groan. So your spirit is in a state of groaning. Your spirit is in a state of what? Groaning. Endlessly desiring. Endlessly. Somebody say endlessly desiring. Somebody say endlessly desiring. What is endlessly desiring? Endlessly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from Endlessly desiring to be clothed with that house. Which is from... Okay. 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 Alright. People, let, 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 let's, let's, let's go back to verse 1. We have two houses. An earthly one, a heavenly one. And we said that if the heavenly one is, is eternal, it means it's the one that is more valuable. We already established that. It's the one that is more valuable. It's the one, it's the one that has more futures. It's the one that has more comfort. It's the one that has more power to protect, to preserve. And now he's saying, for in this we groan, endlessly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. How come? As I read this scripture, I said, how come that no one has taught us to this earnestly desiring, to activate it consciously and intentionally. To intentionally, earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation from heaven. How come we haven't been taught this? Well, I'm teaching you now. Because it's there in the word of God, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If we are earnestly desiring something, please, I, I, I want to put it on the table that it has to be intentional. It has to be what? Intentional. You can't earnestly desire something unintentionally. What do you earnestly desire in your life right now? What are the things you earnestly desire in your life? At least most people here earnestly desire to be able to at least eat food. Huh? Honestly desire to at least eat what? Even if it is one meal a day, but you honestly desire it. There is something, even if you are fasting, your body is still desiring that food. You chose not to eat, but there is a hunger for the food that drives you. If you are not fasting, you will look for food to eat. If you are not finding the food to eat, there is a, there is a discomfort that sustains until food is eaten. We endlessly desire to drink water. There is a, there is a, there is a, 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 an inbuilt, you know, functionality to desire to drink water. And we function that way, so we go with it. When you feel thirsty, you go look for water. And you find it and you drink it. 
so that that desire can be satisfied. In other words, something that you are endlessly desiring, you don't stop until you get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't stop until what? You get it. We endlessly desire to, to do well, to live a good life. Well, okay, no. I, I, maybe some people have accepted to stay in prison. <laughs> some people have, this, have accepted that, you know, it's not their portion. Uh, but the devil lied to them. So, put that scripture back for me. To endlessly desire something must be intentional. Must be what? So, question. Since you were born again, have you, how intentional have you been to be clothed with your habitation from heaven? And you say, Pastor, is that, are you not saying, are you not saying we should die? Are you not saying we should die? But that's not what the Bible is saying. He said, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be what? Clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. This cannot be talking about death. Because how can Paul say he is earnestly desiring to die? So to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven cannot be death. Why are we earnestly desiring to die? It cannot be. <laughs> are you here? Uh, stay with me this morning. For indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For indeed, having been clothed, somebody say we have been clothed. Yes. We shall not be found naked. So it's now going to explain the groaning. Verse 4. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, who are in the tent, in the earthly tent. All right. So remember, we have two buildings, a heavenly one and earthly one. So we who are in this tent, we are being burdened and we groan, not because we want to be unclothed. So to be un- unclothed is what? Is that? Ah, are you here? To be unclothed is what? Death. He said, we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed. We don't want to die. So, verse 2 cannot be talking about death. Because verse 4 says it clearly, we don't want to die. We don't want to be unclothed. But we are supposed to endlessly desire to be clothed by the heavenly body. So it cannot be death. We don't want to die. We don't want to be unclothed. Hallelujah. We don't want to be unclothed. Somebody said, I don't want to be unclothed. He says, God says, I don't want you to lose the tent that is the earthly tent. No, no. We don't want to remove it. You are designed. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen to me, please. You are designed, created by God to have those two tents. But this is the dynamic. This is the mechanism. What is going on here? But we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but to be further 
Oh, to be further clothed or clothed. I don't know how to pronounce it. Just whatever it is, understand the English word. It's my second language. So whether it's clothed or clothed, just understand it. Whichever one works with you, call it whatever you want. For we want to be further Clothed, 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 whatever. <laughs> but further clothed, further clothed, further clothed. Ah, yeah, yeah. Please, I need a jacket. Can you go get me a jacket? Please, quickly, get me a jacket. Any jacket, any jacket of my suit, any of my suits. Now, now, I want to show you what that means. There is, a, there is an inbuilt, the same way there is an inbuilt desire for food. One of the signs, listen to me please, one of the signs that a baby is alive is that the baby wants food. A baby wants food. A baby needs water. It's, it, there's an automatic system to desire and call for these things. As soon as a baby is born, we don't teach the baby to want food. It wants it. It was born with the desire to eat food. It was born with the desire to want water. It was born with the desire to be comfortable. So when a baby wheezes on himself or herself, the discomfort on the baby makes the baby what? Cry. And the mother now learns to respond to the cry of the baby and the mother knows by the cry this baby wants food or by the cry this baby wants to be changed or by the cry this baby wants water i don't know how mothers know but the mother will know what the cry means because all the cries sound the same thing to the father (laughs) but the mother knows this cry is for changing of the nappy the baby is uncomfortable this cry is for water this cry is for food This cry is for comfort in a particular position. God designed the mother to to instinctively pick up what the baby needs. Are you here? Alright. So so there is an inborn desire. Bring it. There is an inborn desire to be clothed for that. So let me show you what for the clothing means. Can you see? I was clothed before. And I, the Bible says, the push is not to be unclothed. Because to be unclothed means to remove this one. And I must not do that in church. <laughs> Alright. But to be further clothed. So when I take on this one, now, now, if you follow the logic of the passage, there is the clothing, and there is the one that is further on top. Alright? The first clothing is the earthly one. The second clothing is the heavenly one. Now, when you put on the heavenly one, on top of the earthly one, which one? Which one? Blocks the atmosphere or the element, the inner one or the outer one. 
the outer one. The outer one. So, the superiority of the outer one now inner one. So, if the, if the inner one is frail and fragile, then the outer one protects and preserves the inner one. So, if something is going to make dirty, it will dirty the outer one and preserve the inner one from being affected. This is why it says we groan being burdened not because we want to be unclothed, but for the clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Remember that the 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 earthly tent is subject to destruction. Is subject to be destroyed. It's uh, subject to destruction. The outer one, which is now further clothing, this one on top, which is now further clothing, is protecting the other one. That this one is swallowed up. The inner one is swallowed up by the outer one. Can you see swallow? Can you see it? It's swallowed now. Uh-huh. Forget this part. If this jacket did not have this part, you won't see the old one. It will be completely covered. So imagine that this jacket is a round neck and it covers completely. So you're not seeing the, the inner one. Okay? Stay with me. Stay with me. It's important that you stay with me. Then, and now look at this. It says that mortality may be swallowed up by life. So, if the earthly one is mortal, which is subject to be destroyed, now, if I am further clothed with the outer jacket, it prevents the, the inner, inner, inner suit from its own uh, vulnerabilities, its own frailties. Now, this is why it says we must what? Earnestly desire. We must earnestly desire to put on this one. Come, we were not taught this long time before now. That the only way to to protect the vulnerability of the earthly tent is to put on the heavenly tent. But that's what is in the scripture. Paul said, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring. This is the key. The key word today is earnestly desiring. The key word is what? You've got to earnestly desire it. The way you earnestly desire food. The way you earnestly desire water. The earnestly desire comfort. You have to earnestly desire to be clothed with this one. Because the moment you are clothed with this one, the vulnerabilities of the inner one is shielded and protected. And when it is swallowed up, Bible says that mortality may be swallowed up by life. So, this outer one has life. This outer one is actually life. Hallelujah. Is what? Is life. Is life. Jesus died 
so that I can be further clothed. That I can wear life and operate by life in my everyday activities that when people contact me, what they contact is what? Life. What makes this dimension, this dimension full of vicissitudes, full of vulnerabilities, this one comes and covers it. So I am no longer subject to the things in this world that affect this one. Because I am now further clothed. And I carry my further clothing. Help me tell somebody, carry your further clothing. Yeah, you got, you got to learn how, you got to learn how to wear the further clothing. This is glory. Hallelujah. This is what? Glory. This is glory. We are supposed to earnestly desire to wear glory. To wear. So you can have, you can have a jacket that you refuse to wear. Or you fail to wear because nobody told you. <laughs> nobody taught you and explained to you that you have a heavenly suit that you are supposed to put on you are supposed to put it on intentionally deliberately you got to be taught and then you have to now do it you know we are we are gradually moving into winter winter is 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 on its way winter is just a few weeks away eh amen this is, we are now in the last week of March. So winter is on its way. In another five weeks, six weeks, everywhere will be very cold. Am I right or wrong? Am I right or wrong? Temperatures are actually dropping now. Small, small, small. But in five weeks or six weeks, we will be in full blast of winter. Somewhere in, in the middle of May, we are all going to be wearing warm clothing. Because the atmosphere has changed the climate has changed. The weather conditions have changed. It's now cold. Now, in winter, because of the coldness in the, in, the, in the weather, in the atmosphere, nobody advises you to wear warm clothing. You wear it. You are compelled to what? Wear it. Except you want to die or there is something you know, that you know that other people don't know. But you don't, you don't come out with with flimsy clothing and come out in the in the in the thick of winter cold. It's too cold. Temperatures, as me and you know, sometimes gets to zero. At, at least it's not so bad in South Africa. Like I hear it is in Russia and in Canada, where they deal with minus 38, minus 40. Said, so please keep your winter. People live in minus 35, minus 30, minus 40. Every day, they, 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 you have to wear, you wear the clothes, you wear another one, you wear another one, you wear another one. Because the weather conditions command you to be further clothed. No, so, the, the challenges of this life demand that you further clothes. That you are protected from the vicissitudes and the vulnerabilities of this dimension that you are further clothed. Do you know that the only way to survive the vulnerabilities of this earthly dimension is to be further clothed? 
This is why you are supposed to be earnestly desiring to be further clothed. And this thing is not for tomorrow. It's not for the future. It's now. He said we earnestly desire it now. For we are, for we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now look at verse 5. Say, now, he who has prepared us for this very thing. Now he who has what? Prepared us for this very thing. Can you see that the preparation is already in the past? So it's not something that is going to happen in the future. We are already prepared now. Meaning that the, what we're talking about is a reality for the now life. Are you here with me? Are you here with me? For now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a So, So we are prepared for this very thing. What is this very thing? To be further clothed. To be further clothed is this very thing that is referring. We have been prepared for this very thing. So, the church must wear the heavenly suit, the heavenly house. That's what he's saying. We have been prepared for this very thing so that we can put it on and wait. Hallelujah. That, that the mortality, this one, is swallowed up by life. You're supposed to wear a life jacket. Amen. You're supposed to be what? Wear a life jacket. So if you wear that life jacket, then this earthly tent will no longer be subjected to its vulnerabilities because it is now further clothed. So the things that were affecting it before no longer affects it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The, the reason why you are being affected is because you neglected the further clothing. You were not taught how to earnestly press in and put on the further clothing. So your earthly house is being affected by the elements. Stop being affected by the elements. I said stop being affected by the elements. When the Bible says we are of this world, we are, we are in this world, but we are not us. We are not supposed to be affected by this world. We are in this world. But because we have further clothing, we are not affected. Somebody said I have further clothing. So, so we are supposed to teach the people of God how to earnestly desire it. And then walk with that desire. Alright. Let let's, let's go to scriptures. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. I want to show you something about desire. This is what Jesus taught. Are you still with me? We're coming back to 2 Corinthians. We're not done. We are not done. We're coming back there. But I want us to take something from Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. Mark 11. Are you here? Verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his head and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I said to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them 
and you will have them. <laughs> Whatever things that you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Okay, now, now look at this. I want us to see a few things here. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you desire, or whatever things, some version says actually, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them, and you shall have them. Desire is to ask. Amen? Desire is to what? Desire is a request, a pull, a demand. So whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Now, when you are earnestly desiring something, you are, you are earnestly putting out a demand. You are earnestly doing what? You are putting out a demand. You are pulling at something. God says we need to pull at this heavenly house that we can put it on. So, Mark 11 is teaching us how that works. I want you to see the elements in Mark 11. There is a part of your heart. There's a part of your mouth. There's a part your heart. There's a part for your mouth. Amen? Amen? There's a part for your heart. There's a part for your mouth. The part for your heart is what? What do you need to do in your heart? Believe. The part for your mouth, what do you need to do? Say. Say what you believe. So, there is a heart part and there is a mouth part. Are you still with me? There is a heart part and there is what? A mouth part. The heart part is to believe. What are you supposed to believe? Believe that you have it. Believe that what? Believe. Not that you will have it. Believe that you have it. So if you are talking about earnestly desiring to be further clothed, to apply the principle it means to believe that you have it. And then how do you establish having it? You say it. So you say it, I have it. Then it becomes... Are you here? That's what Mark 11 teaches. So I believe that I have it. Then I say it. Then it manifests. Then I believe that I have it. Then I say it. Then it manifests. So, if we go back to 2 Corinthians. Go back there. Verse 5. I mean chapter 5. He said, we have a building from God. We have, somebody say, I have a building from God. I have it. So, I believe I have it. According to Mark 11, I have to believe I have it. I have to believe I have it. I have that clothing. I have the clothing of life. Somebody say, I have the clothing of life. I have it. I have it. There is a suit. It's invisible. It's not made with hands. 
It's not made with hands. It's invisible, but I have it. So I'm wearing it. I have to believe I have it. Then I have to say what I believe. When I say what I believe, then what I believe manifests. So, when Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. So, I am supposed to endlessly action the principles in Mark 11, 23, 24. Believe I have it and then declare I have it. And I believe I have it, declare I have it every day for it to gradually begin to take shape and solidify on my body. So, everybody this morning, you have a habitation which is from heaven. You have it. Somebody say, we have a habitation from heaven. So, I, I have it. I have a clothing of life. So, so, it's your responsibility now to declare with your mouth. I have a clothing of life. I wear it. I have it. So, every morning, you got to declare with your mouth. You use your mouth to put it on. You use your mouth to put it on. You use your mouth to put it on. Your, your understanding opens you up to believe, to see what you have been given. I have. Somebody say, I have. A heavenly dwelling. I have it now. Then I use my mouth to speak it. Then the coat just shows up. Hallelujah. The coat shows up. When the coat shows up, the coat begins to defend you and protect you from the vulnerabilities and from the things, the elements that are trying to waste the house that can be destroyed. There are things that are trying to waste it, that are trying to destroy it, but you decide to protect it from being destroyed. Amen. I protect my, my earthly house from, from being destroyed. I protect it. I protect it. How do you protect it? You eat your mouth. Somebody say, I, ha I have the suit of life. So, so when, when the church understands this and begin to work in it, I speak it, I declare it, I believe it, the suit comes alive. And then the suit begins to do what it's supposed to do. The way that a building shields you from the elements. A building shields you from the discomfort of the external life, external world. Sometimes the, the outside can be so hot, but the inside the building has beautiful air conditioning, beautiful ambience. So you come from the heat of the sun and enter into this cool room and this beautiful ambience. And, and you, you feel the comfort and you feel the protection because it's already working inside. I want you to understand what God has given to us. But if you don't know, you don't push for what has been given to become a reality. Now let's read verse 5 again. He said, now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. A guarantee there is a down payment. The spirit of God has been given to us as what? A guarantee or down payment. Someone say down payment. So, so the Holy Ghost that you have inside of you is a down payment. 
is an instrumental first deposit. So meaning that this house is already, you have the down payment. It's already there. So a down payment means that if you make a down payment for something, your, your, your ownership, you have a stake now in the ownership. Are you still here? If you make a down payment for something, you now part, you, you own it. You're not fully, you know, uh, in possession of the item that you made a down payment, but, but there's a deposit. Your name is on it. So the Bible says, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident. Somebody say we are always. Somebody say we are always. This is the problem. Because we are not taught these things, we are not able to activate that confidence. We are always confident. Confident of what? Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. <laughs> I said it was some time ago that we will get to this scripture so that I can unpack it. Because we have been interpreting this scripture as death. But we have seen from verse 2 that he's not talking about death. Death is not a question in this conversation. Somebody said death is not a question in this conversation. Because we do not desire to be unclothed. We do not desire to be unclothed. So death is not a question in this conversation. Death is not in this text. So why are we interpreting verse 6 to be death? Death is not in in this conversation. So what is he talking about? So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. But can we, can we interrogate this? Jesus says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I will never be absent from you. He said, I will never. I will never. That is, that is uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 13. He said, I will never, I will never, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never you will never be absent from me. So what is he talking about here? So being born again, he said, my presence will remain with you. You're not going to be absent from me. The Lord is present with me. Somebody said the Lord is present with me. Remember that his name is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord who is present with me. Is that, is that it? Yeah? Nisi, no, Nisi is the banner. The Lord who is present. Is, is it Rohi? I, don't, I can't remember. But it's one of the names of God. I am the God who is with you, who is present with you. Help me check it up. Who is present with you? So he said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I am present with you. So what is he talking about? He says, we are always confident. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, meaning I should not be at home in this body. Oh, are you with me? Are you thinking with me this morning? Knowing that I should not be what? At home in this, this body is talking about is the earthly tent. I should not be at home in the earthly tent. I should not be at home in the earthly tent. 
Somebody said, I will not be at home in the earthly tent. In other words, do not become content with not being clothed. That is being at home <laughs> in this earthly tent. And you are just, and this is what Christianity has been for the last so many years. They, nobody has really opened these things up for us to show us. So we are at home in this body. But he said to be at home in this body is to be what? Absent from the Lord. So we are not supposed to be at home in this body. Hey, hey, people of God, are you still with me this morning? You're not supposed to be at home here. Instead, you're supposed to be at home in this one. Are you here? We are not supposed to be at home with this in this one. We're supposed to be at home in this one. Because to be at home in this one is to be present with the Lord. To be at home in this inner one is to be absent. Because this one, this one is where the Lord is at. Uh, it's life. So the Lord is in this dimension. So I should not be at home in this one. Because once I am at home in this one, I am absent from the Lord. And I'm not supposed to be absent from the Lord. So I'm supposed to be present with the Lord. So stop being at home in this one. In other words, put on this one. I know you are confused now. Which one are you talking about? I know. And for the people who are listening, uh, who are not watching, it's difficult to hear because this one, this one, which one is which one? The earthly tent, the earthly tent, we're not supposed to be at home. I said it in this series, where your mind is, is where you are. Where your mind is, is where you are. Your mind is not supposed to be at home on this one. Set your mind on things above. This one is above. Set your mind there. Oh. Set your mind. This one, the Bible says we have we have a tent. Eternal in heaven. And he says set your mind there. So when you set your mind on the further clothing, you are no longer at home in the body. So to be at home in the body is to set your mind on the things on the earth. Are you coming? Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? To be at home in the body is to set your mind on the things that are on the earth. And he says, don't be at home. But in the, in the earthly suits, don't be at home there. Don't set your mind there. Set your mind in the heavenly. And then you put on the further clothing. Then you are present with the Lord. Now look at this. We are confident. No, no. Verse 6. For we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7. For we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. So, by faith we put on this one. Not by sight. Verse 8. We are confident. Can you see confidence again? Yes. We will rather, will we... Sorry, we are confident, yes, we are pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Remember that death is not a question in this conversation. So, 
we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body. I don't want my mind to dwell on the things of the earth. I don't want my mind to be rummaging on this earthly tent. No! Because to be, to be impresent in this body is to be absent. So I don't want to be absent from the Lord. God says in verse 8, we are confident, yes, well present, well pleasing, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So, when I set my mind on things above, when I, when I, when I activate Mark 11 principle, 11, 23, 24, the principle of believe I have the suit, believe, use my mouth to confess it, the suit comes on me, and I wear it. And as I wear it, it does the work of a house. It does the work of a house. So, when I am in that house, I am no longer in the atmosphere of the other house. I'm no longer subject to the same conditions of the other house. I am now in a different space, with a different smell, with a different feel, with a different ambience. Come on, somebody. With a different, with a different you know, uh, uh, level of comfort, level of security, because I am in another house. And then in that other house, I am present with the Lord. I said it last Sunday as I round up this message this morning. The Christian experience, why we are called disciples of Jesus Christ, is that discipline is required. Is what? Discipline is required. I am supposed to discipline my mind. Discipline my focus. Discipline my focus to stay in things above so that I can stay clothed. Hallelujah. You will not be unclothed. You will not be found naked. And you will not stay in the earthly tent. You will not stay in the earthly tent. We have practiced a Christianity where we are comfortable in the body. We, ha- we were at home in the body. God says, don't be at home in the body. Let me show you the last scripture for this morning and then I round up. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Have you gotten anything this morning? Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21. For our citizenship, somebody say citizenship, is in heaven. Our citizenship is where? So, so, what he's saying here, while I am on earth, I have a citizenship in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. So, when the Bible says we are, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. I belong to another kingdom. I have a citizenship in heaven. For which, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Are you here? Who will transform our lowly body 
that earthly tent is going to be transformed. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body? So there is a transformation that the inner where the earthly tent is supposed to go through. Are you with me? It's supposed to go through a transformation to conform to this one. So this inner one is going to take the qualities of the outer one. But the only way the inner one, listen, the only way the inner one will take on the quality of the outer one is that it has contact. Uh, it has what? No, so if you're not putting it on, then it's not going to take on that quality. Uh, the, the qualities of the outer one is going to transfer to the quality to the inner one. But for it to transfer, the outer one must be worn. Are you wearing your jacket of life? Have, have, you, been, have you been discipled to discipline your mind to stay with the jacket of life? If you are not taught, how are you going to do it? This is why people are not putting it on. Because they don't understand. But today you understand. This, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which, listen to this, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. This is dominion. Are you here? Oh, there is a an operation. There is a dynamic. When this dynamic is in action, dominion is exercised in the earth. Let me let me say it like this. I will pick it up next week. Putting on this outer jacket, the process of wearing this, the discipline required to put this on and stay with this is the same. Is the same. Discipline that's required to bring dominion into your world. So if you don't know how to put this on, you don't know how to put on dominion. You don't know how to exercise dominion. Wearing this jacket confers on you dominion. Wearing this jacket of life does what? Confers on you dominion. You are able to subdue all things to yourself. Hallelujah. He said, by the working, according to the working by which he's able to, even to subdue all things to himself. And all things that he subdued to himself, you are supposed to subdue all things to yourself. Imagine how, how your life will look when you subdue the material world to yourself. When you subdue money to yourself. Meaning anytime you call it, it answers. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay. Anytime you call it, it answers. Because when it's subdued to you, it listens. The material world listens. The earth, the planet listens. Because they are subject to you. Amen. The weather listens. Because they are subject to you. The stones and the, and the rocks, they listen. Because they are subject to you. The land and the plants, they listen. Because they are subject to you. The work you do, listen. Because it's what? Subject to you. So today, as you put this on, then you will need to begin to speak to the elements of this dimension. They are all subject to you. 
They're all what? Subject to you. The environment is subject to you. The market is subject to you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The market is subject to you. So you can wield the money and it begins to come because it's subject to you. Hallelujah. But the key is what? You need to wear this. This further clothing is the, is the cloak of dominion. It's called what? The cloak of dominion. Somebody say, I'm wearing the cloak of dominion. So when you put on this cloak, things are subject to you. Next week, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you from the Old Testament a typology so that you learn how to put this on. As long as Aaron was wearing the priestly garment, there are some things that could not happen to Aaron. I will show you next week. As long as he was wearing it, there are some things that could not happen to him, including death. (laughs) The, the, the garments, the priestly garments that Aaron wore, as long, as long as he wore it, nothing could happen to him. But the day he removed it, what happened? He died. He could only die the day he removed it. That's an Old Testament typology of the principle that we are sharing. You are no longer, you are not going to be unclothed. You'll be further clothed. You're wearing your garment of life. Can we open our mouth and speak this morning? Thank God for what you have learned. Thank God for what you have learned. You have that cloak. I have the garment of life. I wear it. I am wearing it now. I have the garment of life. I am present with the Lord. I am. I refuse to be uh, to be pre- to be present in the body. No, I am present in my earthly garment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe I have the cloak of life. I believe I have the suit of life. I believe I wear it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for life. I thank you for life. I am preserved. I am protected. I am provided for. Because I am wearing the suit of life. And I thank you, Lord, for the suit of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website, reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.